Hello and welcome to the 10th edition of the Stay Frosty Park Run podcast. I'm your host, Emu, and I'm going to be here for about the next 20 minutes to talk about parkrun volunteering. I'll also be telling you about my featured parkrun, plus how we got on in our latest parkrun exploits. Also, I've got a couple of new segments which I'm introducing for this podcast. As always, if you'd like to get in touch to share your parkrun stories, get a shout-out, or nominate your favourite parkrun to be my featured parkrun of the week, you can get in touch by emailing me on stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com or by putting a comment or sending a message on the Stay Frosty Parkrun Facebook page. I'd love to hear any anecdotes you have about Parkrun or any suggestions of Parkruns that you think I should try. So, on to volunteering. For those of you new to the Stay Frosty Parkrun podcast, this is actually my second episode about volunteering as there was simply too much to cover in the first episode in any kind of meaningful detail. This week, I'm going to look a little more closely at the roles of Marshall, Results Processor, Volunteer Coordinator, Run Report Writer, and the Pre-Event Setup roles. As I've mentioned previously, the volunteers are absolutely essential to Parkrun. Without these guys, none of the Parkrun events would happen. So I just want to stop here to say a big thank you to everyone who has ever volunteered at any Parkrun around the world. You guys are making every park run happen. And with the weather in the UK turning colder and wetter this week, I feel they all deserve extra kudos and a nice hot drink after the park run event has finished. I didn't get to cover all the major roles in my last podcast, so I'm going to start by looking at the role of Marshall. This morning was my first ever time volunteering as a Marshall. It was chilly, but a satisfying experience and it's rather nice feeling like you've encouraged everyone as they run past, twice on a course like the one at South Norwood. I've run at a smaller park run without any marshals before, but it's nice to have someone spur you on or help direct you whilst you're trying to focus on getting your new PB. Having experienced it today, I have to commend all marshals everywhere. It's lovely to encourage all the park run participants, but there are lengths of time spent standing and waiting for the next person to pass by, And because Parkrun continues throughout the year, marshals have to stand out in all weathers and all temperatures. Yet they always greet you with a smile or some words of encouragement. Moving straight on to the results processor. The results processor may not be a role that is given much thought, but without these volunteers we wouldn't get our times published online every week. I've had times published as early as 10.30 and as late as midnight, depending on any timing issues that there may have been. Looking at the volunteer coordinator, as the name suggests, this is more of a behind-the-scenes role, so this uh, volunteer can also still run at the parkrun. This person helps to make sure that all the volunteer roles are staffed each week and that they keep the weekly roster up to date, the one that you see online attached to your parkrun page. Although you may not see this person in high-vis, they are still working tirelessly to make sure each event can happen, week after week. Although not an essential role, there is something nice about having your latest run written up by the run report writer. On smaller events, this may not happen every week, and it may happen on an occasion when there's an anniversary or a themed park run. But at the larger ones, the write-ups are each week, and it's nice having various people doing these so that the style varies from week to week. 
If you have a little free time, I strongly recommend reading some of these, even if it's not an event that you've actually run at, because some of the run reports are very entertaining, and some have some surprising news in them. The pre-event setup guys. Again, this is not necessarily a high-vis hero, but these guys make sure that they get to every event extra early to help set it up, place out the arrows on the course, signs where needed, and help set up the finishing funnel and the starting place. If you're a volunteer for this role, you can also compete in the park run, meaning that you get a credit for volunteering and a credit for completing the park run. Doing this regularly will see you well on your way to the Volunteer 25 t-shirt and your next milestone running t-shirt. That's all the volunteering roles I'm actually going to look at for today, but I'm aware that there are other volunteering roles that I'm going to look at in more detail at some of the larger park runs, like the funnel manager, for example, and people who also help to assist at the very, very busy park runs. I haven't forgotten these. I will be covering them at a later date. Moving on to my featured park run. Well, this week I've chosen Exeter Riverside as my featured park run. Again, I just want to put in here that I welcome anyone nominating a featured park run of their own if they want to do so. At the moment, I'm still choosing them. If anyone would like to nominate a featured park run, please drop me an email, stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com, or drop me a message on the Facebook page, and I'll put your nominated park run on my podcast and uh, tell everyone why you like it so much. So, Exeter Riverside is actually um, in my hometown, so my husband and I are both from Exeter, and we've uh, run it twice. Uh, both times we've run it, it's been fairly decent weather, so we haven't actually run it in the winter yet. But we will be doing so this Christmas. It's located along Exeter Quay, past the climbing centre. It's near a large red and white buoy, which is displayed next to the river. You can't really miss that one. And when I say large, I mean huge. Exeter has a fairly small town centre, and you can walk down to the quay from the town. I would allow between 20 and 30 minutes, depending on your walking speed, to make sure you get there in good time. Also, bear in mind, when you get down to the quay, it's actually probably a 5-10 minute walk along the quay to get to the starting position by this big red and white boy. The closest car park is uh, directly above the quay, which is accessed by going down the inner bypass, turning left for the quay, and then left again before you turn right to go down a cobbly slope towards the quay, and this will take you into the car park. If you're not driving there, there are lots of buses into the town centre around Exeter, and the G-Bus actually runs down onto the quay, but check your times before you go, because I'm not sure how frequent these guys are. When Jay and I are in Exeter, we prefer to walk walk down to the uh, park run from Jay's parents' place, which is about 45 minutes walk, but it gives us a chance to warm up before we get to the start. The Exeter Riverside Park Run has a nice wide start on grass, which quickly goes onto a tarmac cycle and walking path. This is the only point where there is a little bit of a bottleneck, as all the entrants, usually over 300 of them, are funnelled onto the walking track, and I suspect there may be some sort of agreement with the local council for them not to run on the cycleway or, or obscure the cycleway, which is also quite popular and in use. It's probably worth doing a little reminder here that Parkrun is an event that uh, happens in areas that are shared with other users, usually public spaces and parks, so you, you're, the idea is to not obstruct these users, so... By uh, running an extra riverside, we have to not obstruct the cyclists which run along this popular cycleway. After running on the tarmac, you run onto a stony solid path and then turn into a large field. I should mention here that this is the summer course. I haven't actually yet run the winter course, so I'm not sure how this varies. I couldn't find it online. You do a lap of the playing field on the grass, and then you return to the stony path and then the tarmac, going back along the way you came. Exeter Riverside is a flat park run. 
the only incline is when you run up and over a bridge which arches up moderately to a point in the middle and then down the other side. I usually find the first time I cross this bridge it's not too bad, but by the second time I'm finding it much more difficult as I know I'm much closer to home by then. However, running down the other side means that there isn't long left in your 5km run and it's all flat after that back to the finish. You do one lap of this course, but repeat the tarmac and hard path bit as I mentioned because you run back along the same route that you came out on, finishing pretty much exactly where you started. In terms of facilities, there are toilets at the climbing centre, which is about two minutes jog away from the starting position. Bags are usually left at the start and bicycles are chained to the fence, which are very near the starting position as well. Again, I haven't run this one in the winter, so I don't know if there's any sort of tarp or anything sort of slightly waterproof provided for people's belongings in the winter, or whether maybe it's just a good idea to take a few less things. I personally always like to take a bag with a few bits and pieces in it, extra layer of clothing and a bottle of water. But then I also take a large IKEA bag to make it a little more waterproof when the weather's a bit worse. There are usually between 20 and 30 volunteers at Exeter Riverside Parkrun. The most was 31 on the 15th of July 2017, and the least was actually 12 on the 25th of December, Christmas Day again, in 2015. The most runners that have ever been at this parkrun was 422, and that was on the 6th of May in 2017. The least was 71, which is still a decent number, on the 13th of December 2014. There are regularly around 300 or more runners at this park run. I'd say it's a, a quite a large one. Well, by my standards, it's quite a large park run. This week was the 219th Exeter Riverside Park Run, the first one being on the 2nd of August in 2014. Although I haven't run this one very many times, I always enjoy running this course. It's a simple route with a nice variety of surfaces and a nice flat final kilometre where you can see far ahead and pace yourself to have a quicker finish if that's what you're aiming for. I also like the fact that because there are quite a few runners here, the barcodes aren't scanned at the finish but instead at the climbing centre which is indoors and it's a nice perk if the weather's a bit bad and you don't want to get too cold too quickly. Please be aware though, if it's been very muddy out on the course, they do ask you to remove your shoes rather than having 300 people traipsing through the climbing centre with very muddy shoes on. It's also worth noting at this park run that the field that you run in belongs to the university and because of that no dogs are allowed at this park run unfortunately. And that's it for my featured park run of the week. As I've said before, please, please, please email in and let me know your nominated featured park run because I would love to share other people's thoughts on park runs. It's all very well voicing my own opinion, but I I did want to have this podcast as a way to encourage other people to share their views and opinions on park run. Email again is stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com and I also have a Facebook page where you can drop me a private message or put a message on the wall. Anything like that would be greatly appreciated. And now, moving on, it's time for my new segment, my Christmas calendar. As we roll on into November, our thoughts are starting to turn towards Christmas, and this is also true for Park Run. Every year, a selection of Park Runs do a special event on Christmas and or New Year's Day, with varying, ti- with varying times for each event. The rules are that you may do one Park Run, run event on Christmas Day, and you are allowed to register up to two different results for two different events on New Year's Day. Anything above and beyond this won't count. 
I'll put the link to the full list on my Facebook page so that you can check what events are happening near you as they appear on the list. If the information is currently blank, it means that the park run hasn't yet decided whether to have an event on that day or not. As I mentioned previously, Jay and I are planning on doing the Exeter Riverside Christmas Day Park Run, which starts at 9am. This is assuming that we can get out of bed on time, depending on how cold it is. There isn't a park run on New Year's Day at Exeter Riverside, but if you're in the Exeter area through Christmas and New Year, there are a couple more events in Devon over the Christmas holidays. On Christmas Day, as well as Exeter Riverside, Torbay Velo Park Park Run has a Christmas Day event starting at 9am. On New Year's Day, Killison Park Run has an event starting at 10.30am. If you're willing or able to travel a little further, Mount Edgecombe Park Run has an event on New Year's Day which starts at 10.30am, and on the north coast, Tamar Lakes also has a New Year's Day event starting at 10.30am as well. There are some other events across the country which are having both a Christmas Day event and a New Year's Day event. I've picked a few at random. These are... Aberdeen Park Run in Scotland, with a Christmas Day event starting at 9.30 and their New Year's Day event starting at 10.30. Leon the Solent Park Run has a Christmas Day event at 9am and a New Year's Day event at 10.30am. The Forest of Dean Park Run has a park run starting at 10am on Christmas Day and 10am on New Year's Day. Daventry Park Run has a Christmas Day event at 9am and a New Year's Day event at 10.30am. Colchester Park Run has events Christmas Day and New Year's Day, which both start at 9am. Marple Park Run starts their Christmas Day event at 9.30am and their New Year's Day one at 10.30. Pollock Park Run in Glasgow has events both starting at 9.30am, Christmas and New Year's Day. So that's 9.30 for both of those. Aberystwyth has events on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, again both starting at 9am this time. Nice early one. And finally, Selby Park Run has a Christmas Day event at 9am and their New Year's Day event starting at 10.30am. Like I say, I've tried to pick out a few random ones here and I'll do the same again in the weeks leading up to Christmas. But as I've said, I've included the link with all the information on it on the Stay Frosty Park Run Facebook page. If you'd like me to mention your local run or what events you're doing over Christmas, you can let me know and I'll include it in next week's Christmas calendar section of the podcast. So now I'm going to introduce another little new segment because I really enjoyed including that little drum roll in my podcast last week and I've decided to include it in future um, podcasts that I do. And I'm going to do this uh, by way of having a star park runner segment. So introductions first. I'm going to do this every week. I'd like you to message me with uh, someone you'd like to nominate, who you'd like to give a shout out to, who has done their first park run, who has just got a new PB, who has got a nice story behind uh, their park running. And I will give them a drum roll and announce them on the podcast and say why they've been. So this week, my drum roll is actually going to be divided between two people who I feel deserve a drum roll. And here it is. Nikki has got a new PB. My sister has got a new PB. Broken 24 minutes. Congratulations, Nikki. And also... Dylan, whose first official recorded time at Barking Park Run, 29 minutes and 45 seconds. So well done, Dylan. Congratulations to you. 
Both of you are my star park runners and congratulations. Now looking at our park runs this week, so um, Nikki, as I said, broke 24 minutes. So she did barking park run this week with Dylan. She got 23 minutes and 56 seconds. So well done, Nikki. And as I mentioned, Dylan got 29 minutes and 45 seconds. Jay and I this week, we ran at South Norwood Park Run. Jay, com- I, I say we, I obviously volunteered. Jay completed his in a time of 29 minutes and 48 seconds, which is only six seconds outside of his PB. He said it felt like a tough run, but he was very happy with that time indeed. I volunteered, so as, as I've mentioned previously, I volunteered. This is my first time being a marshal. I did enjoy it, but it's given me a new appreciation for the marshal role as well. I feel like my foot is on the mend, but it's certainly not there yet. I'm really hoping it gets better in like two weeks I have left before my uh, 10 kilometer run and just to sort of I say rub salt into the wounds but just to remind me of it uh, when I got home today I had a nice little package waiting for me my uh, 10k park run I beg your pardon my 10 kilometer city run pack has turned up and uh, just reminded me that I've got that coming up in a couple of weeks time And that about wraps it up for today. So next week, I'm going to be looking at moving music and other midweek motivations. How do you stay motivated whilst you're running? I'd like you to email in or to uh, go onto my Facebook page and leave your comments. Stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com. And if you want to go on the the Facebook page, you just search for Stay Frosty Park Run and it'll come up. I'd like you to message me and let me know what kind of music you listen to, what kind of things you do to keep yourself... uh, I say entertained, but you, sometimes five kilometres can feel like a long time. So what do you, what's going through your head whilst you're running? What keeps you going to try and get that slightly better time each time? Let me know. And um, I wish you all very well. I hope you have a really fantastic week. Stay frosty, park runners, and I'll see you next week.